2: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.
1: Mass has gone to pure shite, Welcome, everybody, to the Digger Dads Pure Shite Podcast. This one is episode number 10, we made it to number 10, lad. Yeah, we made it to number 10. God, you're excited now. I know I've had coffee. I've had coffee. A oh, fuck, lad. I told you about coffee. I know. We've had coffee. Woo! Oh! Do you prefer coffee or tea? Oh, tea. Tea. I only really drink uh, coffee if I'm going for a night shift and that. Oh, yeah, okay. And I only ever started drinking coffee in the last uh, two or three years, Like I never drank it before. I could never understand how people drink it, but doing the night shifts and that now I'm like fuck I need a cup of coffee into me and then throughout the night I'll have one as well but um, th- there's a trick now because the thing with coffee is if you wake up mor- in the morning first thing and have a coffee you notice there's a crash about midday towards 2 o'clock even and I, th- I was listening to a fellow online talking about coffee and stuff and he reckons that if you wait I know this is hard for people now but if you wait at least half an hour to an hour before you consume any caffeine like coffee or tea or whatever tea is very fucking minimal caffeine now but coffee that thing to pick you up if you wait fucking half an hour to an hour you avoid the crash because your body starts turning on naturally and all you're doing is just enhancing it then you know so when that crash usually comes in it's not there anymore because your body was already fully charged ready for the caffeine you didn't shock your body into waking up so i've started to do that now myself so if i wake up for a night shift i will not have tea I will not have coffee until I get to work. And then when I get to work, I'll have my quick cup of tea 15 minutes before I start or my quick cup of coffee, whatever it is. And there is no, there's no deadness. You don't die off in the middle of the night. You're awake the entire night as if it's a day shift. It's fucking class. So what brands of coffee do you use? I I don't know. I've got a machine there. When me ma was over, we were walking through uh, Woolies there, the shop, and I saw there was like coffee machines for sale, they were, they were like $200 but down to like 99 I think it's called LOR, L-O-R or something, and they're just like little pods, you put them in and they've got different strengths, there's ones, uh, I've got level 8, level 10, level 12, 14 and I think there's an 18 one, and I had an 18 one one morning before going to the gym, kind of like a pre-workout, fuck lad, was it strong, oh lad, it near killed me. I could feel this thing vibrating in me fingertips and in me toes. And when I was picking up the weight, I could feel myself getting angry like. It was fucked up. I've never drank that one again. That one is still in the press. Hasn't been touched. It's nearly too powerful. Yeah, there's some coffees out there now. When you go to like Starbucks and Costa, Costa Fortune, all those places. They can make some strong coffees. There's one down near where we're working in the port. It's just like a Caltex, like a petrol station thing. I ordered a coffee in there a double shot cappuccino and fuck me like I was like a fucking buzz in the machine driving around my head was about to explode at like 2 o'clock in the morning yeah we were on a job one night myself and a fella called Peter we were working with another fella who was uh, Peter's gone now Peter's left us I miss working with Peter but um, there was another fella who used to work for us he's retired now his name is uh, Scotty and he's a bigger man he was an older man and he said he'd never had coffee for 20 odd years hey god he gave up the coffee he did he reckons it fucked with his head made him go fucking skits in the head yeah right okay so we were on this shift anyway and there was the three of us there and it it was the last night for this and the ship outside was being cleaned out so they were dragging all the stuff towards the middle so that the crane could pick it up properly and and drop it into us but um, it was just so slow we were just waiting and waiting and waiting to the point where you're getting pissed off like I prefer when I get to work when it's busy just get to work and get straight into it because you don't lose the momentum. Because if you're sitting at work uh, for a few hours before it even starts, as soon as work starts, then you're just like, "Fuck this! I don't want to do this shit. Like, this is pure shit. I'd rather be home." But when you get into work and it's fucking busy from the get go, you just get on with it. You just get on with it, and I like that because the time passes by much faster. So we're sat there in the orders and we're waiting, and Peter climbs up onto the radio and he goes, "Any chance he's want a coffee?" Isaac lad I'd absolutely kick the shit out of the coffee right now. The eyes are near dead in my head. And he said, I'll go to the shop in the youth and get coffees for us if you want. I said, Fuck, lad. Come here, I'll give you money. Get me my usual fucking double shot cappuccino. And he was like, No, no, you will or I owe you one because you got me one at Grain Corp. I said, sound. So he was heading off anyway. And then Scotty followed him and said, oh, I'll go with you, I'll go with you. I was like, Are You going to get a coffee? He's like, Nah, no, nah, don't think so, don't think so. I'm like, All right, okay. So the two lads came back then uh, about 10 or 15 minutes later and were standing around the youth out there. And uh, Scotty was asking me questions about, uh, my car I just bought it like just bought it a few months before my big yoke out there and um, he said his missus has a, a Mitsubishi yoke as well and it's kind of got a similar front to my yoke and just chatting about it and next thing I noticed he picked up a coffee cup that was on the back of Peter's youth and he took a swig out of it I said what's that he said ah oh, it's coffee I said no eh he said yeah yeah I decided to get one I was like oh fuck <laughs> So I looked to Peter, I said, well, what one was it? He said, oh, I got them the same, but that we get the double shot cappuccino. I was like, fuck lads. I says to him, Scotty, in the next hour now, you're going to be monged out of your head, lads. You're going to be buzzing, absolutely buzzing. You'll be licking the window of that fucking lauder. he nah, says, no, nah, it's grand. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. It's probably a weak one. It's probably a weak one. I said, it's a double shot cappuccino that's been made at that Caltex. It is going to fucking riddle you in a minute. So anyway, the ship started unloading and we were driving around in the loaders and this fucker. Obviously, this thing obviously hit him because he turned around on the radio. He just picked up the handpiece. I, I can just picture him picking up the handpiece, just going, Fucking hell! <laughs> I says, is that, this? is that the coffee kicking in, Scotty? He said, fuck me, Dad. I can feel it in me fucking fingers. I'm like, I told you, Led. told you. It's a strong coffee. And that's your first one after 20 years. You would be up on cloud 14. You're gone way past nine. You're up on 14, led. And the entire shift he was just chatting on that fucking radio. Now he's a man that just wouldn't say anything. Says nothing only gives out. But he was so interested in what we do and on all about our lives. It was like he was had to take a proper drug like. It was fucked up. No wonder a man had to give it up 20 years ago. So you were telling me of a time when you were like working in London and that. And you fucked up the train. Yeah so um, it was on a Saturday morning. And I was working, I was working for Morphe's in London. And I'd just been put onto the railway section, um, driving a machine and that. So um, we'd been there now on this job now for two or three days before this happened. And what we had to do was we had to dig uh, trenches underneath the track from one side to the other. Because they were putting in a new kind of a substation area. And they needed to put some electrical and stuff underneath the track. So we decided Saturday morning we'd go in here and we get in there for about seven or eight. Get it done, be home by 12 and get paid for the whole day. Like, you know, this this was the plan. So I was working with uh, all Irish lads. There was all Irish lads. There was a fella from Roscommon, a fella from Kilkenny, a fella from uh, Galway was the foreman fella, Jason, and uh, a fella, Declan O'Sullivan, from um, Kerry. Uh, sound lads, all fierce sound lads, all older than me as well, and they respected me. You know, they they looked after me as well. They knew I was a young fella, but they appreciated this, the skills I had on, on a digger, especially the Roscommon fella, uh, Patsy. Oh, Jesus Christ, lad. I was driving a a 3 ton machine and then I was jumping onto an 8 ton machine so the 3 ton machine was used along the track edge and then the 8 ton machine was for bulking it out you know and it was just me on the machines I had to jump from one to the other and every time I was doing that and like acting real tidy and real kind of fancy and needing like needing proper work Patsy'd stand there and he'd just lean back on his little shovel and go Jesus Christ you're the best ever I've seen I'm like fuck off Patsy I'm telling you now you're the best ever I've seen I'm like Jesus Christ so we were told when we started that there was nothing in the ground nothing that we needed to worry about in relation to services or anything like that that was going to affect us nothing we we're going to come across all the drones showed nothing all the scans they, they did multiple scans Murphy's is a big company and working along the railway and stuff everything has to be um, really taught out and stuff has to be done two or three times to make sure that there's going to be no fuck-ups. So every scan that was ever done on the ground with the CAT scanners and stuff, never picked up a Jesus fucking thing. So, digging away anyway with the little three-ton digger, I had the blade on the bucket rather than the teeth. and I was just digging away and I was cleaning out the last the little crumbs in the trench and when I put the bucket into the very front end of the trench to pull back towards me, I noticed as I pulled the bucket back, on the right-hand corner as I looked at the bucket, There was this very, very small orange flash, like a flame, and a little puff of smoke. And I let Aurora Patsy, I said, jump out of that trench, I'm after hitting something. And Patsy stands back and goes, not at all, you're the best I ever have seen. I said, Patsy, that's enough of that now, that's enough of that. I'm after hitting something, I could see the fucking flash, the light and everything. He said, not at all, there's nothing there, you're the best I ever have seen. I'm like, (laughs) fuck off, Patsy. So I stepped off the machine and I let Aurora down to Jason and the lads, they were emptying uh, pipes and stuff off a uh, little tip truck I says quick, quick come here I'm after fucking hitting something and Jason's like "Why? sure there's nothing there I said there is there fucking is and Patsy's there with his fucking shovel trying to dig this fucking thing I says Patsy step back away from there that fucking thing is live he says not at all there's nothing there there's nothing there I said I swear to God I saw it I'm not joking you I fucking saw it now Patsy was on a job before where he got blown from one side of the job to the other doing the same thing a cable was hit and he was digging around with his shovel and he, he made contact with the bit that was broken and he got electrocuted. He ended up in fucking hospital. Where we were working now was a very, very busy London Underground train line. And every three or four minutes, you'd notice there was a train absolutely tearing past you on, on the other track across. It wasn't near us on that track. It was the track over. Just absolutely whizzing past, full of people. So after hitting this cable, we were kind of standing around going, what could it be like? What could this fucking thing be? There's nothing on drawings. There's not, not any plans. We're scratching our heads together. Jason's making phone calls and stuff, trying to figure out what the fuck's gone on. And I turned around and said to him then, when he got off the phone, I says, do you notice it's gone fierce quiet here? And he says, what do you mean? I says, well, before that happened now, I noticed that there was trains flying past here every three or four minutes. So he took out his phone and he checked the TFL website, which is uh, Transport for London. And it tells you all the trains, the buses, how everything's running, What's down, what needs replacing, any replacement services, diversions, the whole lot. London is great for the transport. Absolutely fantastic. So he then looks at me and goes, fuck. I said, what do we break? He said, the district and circle lane. I said, no way. How far? He said, the whole lot. I said, what? How do we break the whole lot? He said, the whole line is down due to a signal failure. Now, that's not good, lads. Whatever about knocking out a couple of stations like, but the entire line on a Saturday morning, that's fucking millions of pounds worth of damage in delays and fixing stuff and getting so many people involved and it it was not good. So needless to say, we were feeling shite and I was the one that was feeling the worst because I know I didn't do anything wrong, but essentially I felt like I was responsible. So I remember sitting on the edge of the track just thinking, Jesus Christ, worst case scenario, like I'm probably going to go into jail for this, I'm definitely going to get fired, you know. Stuff that wouldn't have happened, but I was just uh, beating myself up. And a fella called Bill, one of the Kenny lads, walked up to me and he sat down beside me on the track of the machine. He said, Look, he said, This is not your fault. This is not your fault at all. He said, You were a good lad on that machine. He said, You're one of the best young fellas I've ever seen driving a machine. He said, This is not your fault and no one is going to throw you under the bus here. I said, I know. I said, I just feel like shite. Like, you know, I really wish we'd known that was there and we could have done something about it. And he's like, Look, it's not your fault. Doesn't matter. It's done. It's not your fault. So then the project manager, Brian came out and he was like look this is not good lads we have fucked up here now uh, again not making me feel any fucking better and he said there's going to be people coming out that want to question you and interview you and uh, find out what actually happened I was like what question us he said yeah yeah you're going to be called into a room separately and kind of questioned it it'll feel like you're being interrogated I was like Be the fuck all right so this happened at like eight o'clock in the morning we were hoping to be in there for fucking seven o'clock be out of there for eleven, be home and get get the full pay for it, like, you know. And the incident happened at about eight. So sure, no one came out near us until two. Nobody. And the power didn't get shut off until later on that evening. So this fucking cable has been broke. The entire circle and district line is damaged in London. No one can get on those fucking trains. But but no one came out near us. And then the first people that came out to us was the interrogators. C S I Mount Melic, hey. <laughs> and <laughs> they um, brought us all into separate rooms and stuff and um, yeah just wanting us to throw each other under the bus that's what it was they were wanting to uh, take someone on the bottom to take the blame rather than someone up top that didn't uh, didn't look into things properly because that's obviously what happened Like that is obviously what happened there's no way a cable of such significance could not go unnoticed if someone didn't do proper checks but this is what we were told there's nothing in the ground we've checked it and the way the cable was laid, there was no, there was no direction that it was going. Like if you were to find it, you would never, you would never say it was going to go left and then go right again. It was like a snake, let like a snake just laid on the ground and then eventually it was covered over. Just no thought, no care, nothing, and it was as old as fuck. It was near rotten when we found it. So we're in these rooms anyway. These people are talking to us and they're asking me. I imagine they're asking the lads the same as this now, but they're asking me like. Uh, is Patsy alright do you reckon he's past his fucking his time or do you reckon he's under the influences of substances or medications or anything that's inhibiting his work and all this kind of stuff and I'm sat there going no, oh, sure Patsy's a character like Patsy's definitely a character but he's a good grafter like definitely a good grafter and then they'll say to me oh what about Bill you know do you reckon Bill's got stuff going on at home has he ever said anything that's going on that he's struggling with that might be making him kind of slack off a bit at work and I'm like not at all sure Bill wasn't even here he was taking pipes off the fucking truck down the way I said he wasn't even part of it when it happened like this was just a genuine accident like and they're like okay yeah fair enough we understand and just really wanting someone to say look he fucked up but nobody threw anyone under the bus because it was in fact a fucking accident and then we got drugs and alcohol tested and all this kind of stuff which took fucking ages to come back as well none of us were under the influence of anything And it was about fucking six o'clock in the evening before they came out to us from the TFL and said, power's off, you can dig up that cable and we'll try and fix it. Six o'clock in the fucking evening. I'd hit the bastard thing at eight. Oh, lads, an absolute fucking disaster. So I got up onto an eight ton machine then and I was digging the cable back both sides, exposed at about 10 metres each side so there was a bit of flex, a bit of slack and they cut the bit that I'd broke and put a connection on it and we just left it. It was left open after we left. Because we left at about 8 o'clock. We did the full 12 hours. Or 13 hour shift. And great money that week. Great fucking money that week. But at the same time. was not feeling. But. The, the hardest bit for me. Was uh, was going home. Like. I was sat on the tube. Um, I think I was on the. Either the Northern Line. Or the Victoria Line. Because. My missus was living in Clapham Common at the time. And. Depending on. Where I was working. I'd either have to get the Northern Line. To um, Clapham Common or I'd get the Victoria Lane to Brixton. So I was sitting on the tube anyway, and I was in my work gear, and I was just feeling like shit. I was tired. I was drained. I'd had a fuck of a day. And you're sitting there, and all you hear is, This is just a general minor note to let you know that the circle and district line is out of action due to a signal failure. The cause of this signal failure was due to an Irishman, an awfully man to be precise, who decided, fuck it, I'm going to wreck this cable now with my digger. And I'm going to fuck up everyone's day because I'm just a miserable little prick. This fella is sat in carriage 3, row 4. If you want to hit him, hit him now. He fucked up my day. My kids couldn't go to Hyde Park. That's what I heard. That's what I fucking heard. But what was actually said was... Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is a friendly reminder that the circle in district line is out of action due to a signal failure. Replacement bus services are in place and we are sorry for any inconvenience. We don't know who did this. We don't know. We will find him. You will find him. God, like that would have been fucking mental. Oh, lad, probably one of the worst days I've ever had with work, except for a time, uh, in, from the last podcast, uh, I remember Brian, he uh, works down in Orange. We are working down in Orange, and I was with a demolition company, and it was uh, in 2017, and it was around the time when McGregor was fighting with uh, Floyd Mayweather and the boxing. So the first day we got down there, um, we stayed in the, in the motels, and then the next day was the fight. So we all decided to go out. Everyone went out, right? And we we're watching this fight anyway. And after the fight, uh, all the kind of big wigs, the supervisors, the bosses and all that kind of stuff, decided to go home because we had to start work the next morning on this job. And a few of us, I was one of the few, decided to stay out and drink more. Oh, fuck lad. We got fucking ossified. Ossified? Oh, fucking absolutely car parked. Yeah, right. So I was absolutely dying the next morning. Absolutely dying. And, um, we we had to start off this job, and a brand new Volvo digger came in. Oh, nice. Yeah, she was a grand joke now. She only had seven hours on it when I sat in it. Oh, fuck, lad. She even had the plastic on the chair. Oh, the plastic on the chair, the new digger smell. Oh, fuck, lad. Give me an erection. <laughs> <laughs> so I took this uh, machine off the floor, and I parked it up, and then the boss said to me, I need you to dig a, a track through here for the trucks coming in and out. I want you to dig it deep enough so we can put a cattle grid into it, and... We can put some rock either side of it just to clean off the tires and all that kind of stuff. I said grind no butter. I started doing that, and first time I've ever worked for the actual boss, boss, you know. And uh, he came up to me then as I was digging this trench, and his wife was standing there as well. The two of them were standing in front of me, watching me as I was working. Like it's an awful feeling. Like you know, you're not doing anything wrong, but when someone's just standing there staring at you working, it fucking kind of puts you on edge, you know. So he walked up to me then, and he opened the door of the machine. He said, "God," he said, "you're you're, you're fair good at that now. You're you're fair good at digging and like trimming and." making things look nice and all that kind of stuff. He said, with a 30-ton machine with teeth on it, he said, y- you're making it look like a fucking, a-, a GPS job with a blade on it. Like I said, look, lad, this is what I do. I've been doing this for a long time. I said, uh, this is why I wanted to come over and do the le- the demolition work, just to fucking try something else like. So anyway, we got that bit done, put the cattle grid in, and um, he said to me, do you want to put the grab on? He said, and start pulling apart that little tree that's in front of the building, so that can be our turnaround area for the trucks. Ice is no butter, So took off the bucket, put the grab on, connected up the hoses. It was one of those uh, sorting grabs. So it rotates and it grabs onto things and the fucking bit of gear like. So my me, me head wasn't really uh, thinking right when I started to attack this tree. I'm happy enough to admit now when I fuck up and on this day I fucked up. I don't often do it now but on this day I made a fucking big boo-boo hang. So I was heading for the tree anyway, and I started plucking the branches off it one at a time and just kind of stacking them to the side. And it was just a bare fucking, a bare branch tree now, just fucking ready to be taken out. And for some reason, I decided to grab it with the the grab of the machine and start trying to rock it back and forth to see if I could loosen it in the ground. You were stupid, like pure fucking tick. But I was affected by fucking alcohol the night before and all that kind of stuff. So the boss is standing there watching me. But he doesn't say that. I'm just rocking this thing. He stood right beside the machine. I'm just rocking it. And then you just hear this big bang. And then he looked up to me and I looked at him. And I pulled the grab away. And one side of the grab just went limp. One of the welds had broken on the grab. So the, the grab was essentially fucked. And I jumped out of the machine. I was like, oh, fuck, Jess, I'm so sorry about that. And he said, oh, fuck, what have you done? I said, fuck, I'm so sorry. And th- they were making out like the, the weld had failed. It, it wasn't anything that I was doing that the weld had failed. But I felt like I did, I did something stupid. Like, I will hold, hold my hands up to that. I did something fucking take. So um, they they needed this thing fixed. This was our primary fucking grab for sorting and and, um, separating the metal from the plastic and the timber and all this kind of stuff. So it had to be fixed as soon as we could. Now they hired some fella in the area to come with his little truck and pick this thing up. He was going to fix it as quick as he could, put a new weld on it and it'd be good as gold. So your man rocked up now. He was an older man and it was an old fucking truck he was in. And uh, the boss said to me, here, just load that thing onto his truck there and he'll take it away. be grand look don't worry about it it's one of these things so I was loading this thing onto the truck now this is the bit that I had no no part in but for some reason the hitch on the machine failed before I'd even touched the button the entire thing just let go maybe it was because of the stress I put on the fucking I don't know I don't know but the entire hitch let go and this fucking grab dropped onto the side of this fella's truck and broke the whole side out of his truck and the boss just looked at me and I just put my head in my hands and I just I, I was just about ready to cry like just about ready to cry and he just looked at me his eyes were swollen in his head and he just kind of went fuck and he opened up the door to the machine and he said fucking hell lad I said look I'm fucking so sorry I don't know what the fuck is going on today and he said are you alright I said yeah I'm grand I said I don't know what the fuck's going on and then he said to me look He said, fuck's sake, just get the sling and we'll just load it up on a fucking sling. I'm going to have to pay for this for this fucking trailer to be fixed. I said, look, I'm fucking sorry. If you need, I can fucking pay for it, but I really don't want to. You know, I really don't want to. I do apologise. And he said to me, are you ready for this? Like, do you want to be down here? Do you want to go home? I'm like, go home. He's like, do you want me to fly you back up to your missus? I was like, no, no, I'm grand. Like, I'm happy to be down here, but I just don't know. I'm just having a shite day. And he says, well, get ready, because it comes in fucking threes. You've already had two. You're going to have one more. And I didn't. I didn't have another one after that. But just those two events in that fucking morning, I was like, oh, good fuck. I am absolutely wrecking this fucking place. And it it didn't help that I'd had uh, one too many drinks the night before. So, yeah, don't drink and fucking drive, lads.
0: For free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: <laughs> this is a part of the podcast where I ask Ryan five quick fire questions. I expect five quickfire answers. Are you ready, Ryan? Yep. Yeah, let's go. Would you rather travel to the past or travel to the future? Uh, it's the future because I want to know how much money I'm going to have. What do you like about Zoom meetings? Uh, they're fast. Zoom. What is your favourite movie? It was never back down, but then I found out that Amber Heard one was in it. Fuck, she annoys me. Are you in the job that you dreamed about as a child? No, I am not a dolphin trainer. Have you ever delivered a perfect comeback? (laughs) Heh You serious? (coughs) What? Nothing. So this is a part now where I read out an extract from my copy. My ma found my copy under my bed when she was over one day and she gave it to me and said you need to either fucking keep this or you get rid of it. So I decided to keep it and I had a look through it and there's some fascinating stuff in here. So this is another random one, dear copy, number 32. This is an early one, this is one when I was only a codger. Hi copy, how's your ma? Sure Today was a big day. We had to go to mass and practice receiving that circular cardboard wafer biscuit yolk that the man in the coloured dress tries to put in your mouth I said to him let me take out the ball myself because I think he's got issues my friend Sandy Martin said that his brother made 19 grand for his communion and should they live in fucking road so they'd only know like 4 people safe to say I'm going to be able to afford a new pelican and I'm going to use that pelican to hunt down those lads that come into my yard at night time and steal the turf out of our shed my ma reared me and she reared that turf So it's my job to protect it for my family. To thank my ma for all the times that she reared me. I might get one of those shotgun ones actually. So that the bastards suffer every time I shoot them. Anyway my ma's roarin' roaring at me here that the dinner is ready. Go on. Mind yourself horsebacks. Jackhammer. Oh. Did you get the pelican after? I did. I didn't get the shotgun one. I only got the handgun one. But it worked. It worked. Two lads came into my shed one night. When I was in bed and I could hear them rustling with a bag of turf. I said, you watch now, you fucker, I'm going to get you. So I peeled back the curtain a little bit and opened up the window. The light was off because if I was to turn on the light, they'd see that and they'd run. And I'd never get my shot. So I was just sitting there with the gun out the window. And just before I shot at them, I let a roar. Your man makes shite! And I clipped them. I clipped them hard. Those lads never came back. We never had a solid turf. Couldn't that shit ever again. And I did that. I did that for my family For my mother No What have you done? Don't fucking question what I've done in my life you bollocks And you're saying You're a man You protect your turf Alright You're not to drink coffee anymore before a podcast Alright Sorry about that (laughs) So we're coming towards the end of the podcast now and I thought I'd leave my mention this week uh, towards the end because it is related to what we do at the end. So this is a, a message I got on Instagram from a fella called Daniel Lynham. and he wrote Well Shane, just said I'd send you a quick message started listening to your podcast last week there and they're gas I'm from Athlone living in Sydney thriving a digger and hearing you talk about moat and all the places around it makes the world that little bit smaller. The pure shite rain puts out of his mouth would make anyone smile Eh hey, you fuck off no, Daniel Listen, no matter how bad of a day you're having. i oh, that's To right, so. talk about mental health is very important and you, you make it so normal and you take away the big stigma about it. I never had any problems with my mental health until I moved over here in September. I broke up with my girlfriend of eight years and I went through a few hard months. But thankfully I worked past it all and life is good for me again. But I can relate to everything that you talk about. Just want to say, keep up the crack. I do be waiting for the next podcast to keep me smiling for another half an hour. And I messaged him back and I just said, well, thanks for the message, lad. You know, would you mind if I use that in the podcast? Uh, This is what I ask people all the time when they message me. I'll not mention your name if you don't want me to. It's good to hear all is going well. Um, We all fight our battles, but sadly, uh, not all of us make it through. That's what I'm trying to do here. And um, he showed me a picture of the little digger he was driving and I complimented him on that. And then he said to me, yeah, you can use it indeed. I don't mind at all. If it helps one person, that's the main thing. I don't mind you telling my name. It doesn't really bother me. And he said that we can't be all driving big gear. <laughs> Shout out to you, Daniel. You're a good lad. You're a good lad. Thanks for the message. I really appreciate it. So again, like Daniel said, he was going through tough times. You know, he broke up with a woman there. Uh, he was with her for eight years. And it is tough when that sort of stuff happens too. And, you know, to be able to talk about it and get it off your chest, and it, it makes it that bit easier. And we work through it and we get on with it. And... Yeah, so show out to Daniel there. Yeah, I just want to say, sorry, Daniel, there, I reacted because you said that I was talking shite and then you kind of made up, made up for it by saying it was good stuff, so sorry for reacting there now, lad. But yeah, everyone, just remember, look after yourselves, look after your friends, your family, check in on people, it's always important to check to see if people are going okay. And um, remember, the friends you have are not always going to be good people. You know, sometimes people might might come across real nice when you're helping them out, but as soon as you need their help, they they turn your back on you. So, remember to evaluate who your friends are, and who your true friends are, and keep them ones close to you. And filter out all the bad people. Because when you filter out the bad people, you filter out bad energy. And that's all like voodoo and karma and stuff, isn't it? Oh, lad, yeah, that that's exactly what it is, yeah. See, I, I know my stuff, like I do research and that. But anyway, we're coming to the end of this podcast now, and uh, I'm getting hungry again, lad, so... You want to cook more sausages, or no? I'm not cooking fucking sausages today. You cook sausages, all right? You you make today, so I'll cook sausages. And we'll um, we'll keep tipping away, lads. Remember, stay safe, stay well, stay mad, and keep laughing. Woo! See you later on, lads.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.